Welcome to the Tapping Into podcast with Sarah Tobin. That's me. I've created this podcast to help you discover and tap into spiritual, alternative and natural practices that could really change your life. I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life and I'm now an EFT or tapping practitioner. In this podcast, I have honest conversations on topics that I hope will deepen your soul connection, allow you to reclaim your power and confidence, know that you're not alone and feel inspired to find out more. I really hope this helps you on your journey. So, how mindful are you? How present are you? It's so easy to get caught up in tasks of the day, thinking about the past and predicting the future. I've certainly stuck up my whole life with this, but in recent years, it has started to become something I'm more conscious of. Jane and I explore what mindfulness is, and what it isn't. We look at the formal and informal practice and her best advice on how to start incorporating this into your life now. Jane has a lovely calming presence and I really hope you get a lot out of this. Note that this was recorded early September so for Irish listeners this was in between national lockdown periods. Have a listen though as Jane has got some great advice on what you can be doing right now to help support yourself and create your self-care toolbox. Enjoy! In today's episode, my guests and I are discussing mindfulness. So I met Jane nearly two years ago at a mum talk event in Dublin, and we've been in touch ever since. And I love what she does, and she speaks so much sense. So I knew I had to have her on this podcast. Jane is a mindfulness teacher and author in the educational field who lives in Dublin with her husband and three young children. She is super passionate about sharing mindfulness with women and helping us all to slow down to stop listening to our inner critics so much and to get out of our heads and learn that there's much more right with us than wrong with us. She runs a variety of workshops and courses online and face-to-face as well as regular urban day retreats and retreat weekends. You can find her on Instagram at delving underscore within or at www.delvingwithin.com. So Jane, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. No, thank you so much, Sarah. When I heard you were um, starting the podcast, I got so excited because I just <laughs> knew I was like, oh, Sarah's going to have a really good lineup. And then I knew it would be interweaved with your, your wisdom and your insights. And then when you asked me to come on, I was just kind of blown away. So oh. Really, really delighted to be here. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, I've, for years, have been pushing and striving and being busy and really I'm now learning has have been driving from the masculine side of myself you know trying to f- achieve this kind of success um in a corporate world and stuff like that and I'm realizing I'm so out of line with that now it, it does not feel good to me that way of living um and the and therefore mindfulness is becoming much more attractive to me and of course obviously tapping up is very mindful isn't it because you are you know very present in your body you're very present with kind of what's going on you're kind of assessing your emotions and the location of that in your body um so through tapping i've actually become more in tune uh but the whole concept of mindfulness still is elusive to me so tell me in your words what it is well and i guess it can be really hard to kind of get those words and to put a you know just a really simple explanation on it But the way I see it is that it's about coming into the present moment right now. And it's not letting ourselves race ahead into the future where we're planning and looking at what we have to do. And it's not allowing ourselves to go back towards the past where we're caught up in stories or ruminating over something. And it's coming into whatever is here right now. And there's an allowing. So it's not, if it's something pleasant, it's not trying to grasp it and hold on to it. And if it's something uncomfortable, it's not pushing it away. And it's, if anything, not labeling it either. It's just letting it be there with no judgment. Wow. Um, so that's kind of, and an awful lot of the, the, I guess, the gurus, that's kind of uh, the kind of explanation that they would give. But there's been, I guess, kind of such an explosion of mindfulness in the last five years, particularly, 
that there's an awful lot of kind of misconceptions out there around it. So sometimes I find it really good to go into, well, what are the misconceptions? Because it's a bit, okay, but what is it still? You know, it's hard to kind of <laughs> grasp even from the explanation what it is. So I know um, kind of the three big ones that I have come across is that it, people think it's all about meditation. Right. And there's actually two aspects to it. Meditation is one, and that's known as the formal practice. And then the informal practice is kind of weaving it into your day as such. And um, I guess I always see kind of meditation, that's the backbone. That's, where, that, that's what will give you your foundation. Okay. There's no point sitting and meditating if it's not spilling out into your life, because then you're getting your, just your 20 minutes of, ah, and then you go on with your life, but you're just going back into that pushing and striving and maybe not being able to sit with whatever is going on with your life at that moment yeah. in time. I really feel that we have been programmed or trained or thought the complete opposite. Yes. It's like from word go. Yeah. I think it's a mix of kind of how we're brought up, you know, like just society, how we're conditioned from like a young age. It's like I even catch myself saying to my kids, you know, and when you're five, you'll do, and then they're going, God, Jane, there you go. You're telling them that the next thing is even better instead of yeah. what's right here, right now is actually where we're supposed to be. So we're getting these messages and then we get them through marketing campaigns. Everything's telling us strive, push just one more thing. Yes. Just this, it will really enhance. You'll your feel life. happy when. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then I think how we're just, that our conditioning and then how our minds are just wired um to always be scanning looking kind of the caveman instinct of you know i better compare myself because i don't want to be left out of the tribe oh i better you know i don't want to be judged that will show my weakness and i'll be cast aside um, that's interesting because that has come up for me in the ancestral trauma piece that the the dna of that has been passed down generations and the tribal bit they're being cast aside that and bullying triggers yeah. that element i have found um yeah that's so interesting that you say that and i've never actually made that link with bullying yeah. it's like as soon as you say it, i'm like oh yeah that makes complete and utter sense yes and the, so many people that i'm working with anyway have been bullied because yeah. it it really damages your sense of self massively and when your sense of self is um knocked off its kilter at whatever age i mean it just sends you on a potential downward spiral doesn't it um yeah. what you're saying there feels to me like mindfulness is a reprogramming technique yeah there's kind of like um i find it's really observing your thoughts that's a big part of it for me and kind of getting because that's another thing that a lot of people think oh so this is like i've tried meditation i can't i can't clear my head of thoughts it doesn't you know it's not for me and i'm like actually it's none of us can clear our head of thoughts we have i think it's like sixty thousand to eighty thousand thoughts a day but what I have found with mindfulness, it's about observing the thoughts, noticing them and creating a little bit of space between me and the thought so that I suddenly now I bring a curiosity to the thought and kind of go, oh, where's this come from? Oh, yeah, such and such has triggered it. Or um, oh, that is something that's recurring a lot. Or, or actually, there's a really strong inner critic message in, you know, in that thought. Um, wow. So like awareness. Yeah, yeah, very much awareness, so. self self awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I guess kind of going back to kind of the the big misconceptions that I find that right there. The other one is kind of people think it's all about being positive, you know. <laughs> um, and if anything, mindfulness, like you can't be positive with everything because that's just toxic. It's not healthy. But um, it's very much about being able to sit with whatever is coming up in life. And I would actually say mindfulness has given me the tools to navigate some of the, the, the hardest challenges that I faced or in some of the darkest days. You know, it's, yeah. it's given me tools to, to be able to sit with something and to know that this isn't okay and I'm not okay, but I can just keep stepping through it and I'm not kind of layering it with further, um, what we say, kind of coming up against it and trying to force it to be some other way, it's, you know yeah um, or try to fix it necessarily yes. straight away yeah which again is so I think <laughs> deeply ingrained in us we just want to fix ourselves and sometimes yes. like, no actually we're all perfectly imperfect this is part of our humanness as such 
Yeah. Amazing. And where did mindfulness stem from? Like, it, does it go back to kind of Buddha days and China? Yeah, it's very much um, comes from Eastern religious traditions. And it was kind of brought to the Western world. John Kabat-Zinn, he would be seen as like kind of the godfather of mindfulness. And he was a professor in the University of Massachusetts and medical school. And he worked there and he was a lifelong meditator. And he saw that they had so many patients and that they were coming and they were in severe pain and they had exhausted kind of all surgeries that they could try and had gone down the medication route and they were still suffering. And there was probably huge side effects as well to the medication. So he said, look, I'm going to devise an eight week course and he called it's called the MBSR course which is mindfulness based stress reduction course and it's kind of seen as the gold standard okay in mindfulness yeah and he um interweaved kind of meditation mindfulness practices through it and he tried it and it worked people wow. you know it didn't completely rid them of their pain but it reduced their suffering and he was practicing that i think it was in the 90s I'm not actually 100% sure, but I know there was an American journalist got uh, wind of this and he was like, oh, I want to try this. And he went to document it and did a documentary on it. Wow. That's how it kind of then became mainstream. Popular popular culture, yeah. 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 And I think it's probably only then in the last um, five years, kind of it's really exploded again with just technology and how we can now share content so easily you know and it's become a lot more mainstream because even I discovered it about 10 years ago and I used to keep it very quiet like you would not have heard anyone speaking about it were you afraid people were going to think you were weird yes (laughs) (laughs) Um, welcome to my world (laughs) yeah I got my silent weekend retreat and you go into work on Monday how's your weekend yeah fine (laughs) you know watch out for dinner it wouldn't be broadcasting I was like silent weekend retreat and it was absolute bliss <laughs> so yeah that's cool isn't it um and how did you come across it so you said 10 years ago what drove you to 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 this practice I kind of stumbled upon it it was um I'm a primary school teacher that's my background and we were in work and a colleague had organized for a person she knew to come in who was a teacher and was going to do just basic kind of mindfulness introduction with the class and our principal at the time was brilliant he if anyone was coming in offering some training or something he would get as many staff as he could into the room so that we all benefited from it so I was like yeah I'd love to do it and um I just I'm a real overthinker in my head mental energy person very busy striving very much facing my worth and my productivity um, constantly trying to prove myself and generally running myself into the ground <laughs> so I had a half hour of this and I thought oh I need more of this in my life amazing and that was it then I went and I did a um, just a kind of a week-long summer course the offer for primary school teachers which was very basic introduction That's quite progressive though isn't it yeah, the, at the time it was. Teachers, yeah, yeah it's, it, you will come across it far more now in schools. It's really getting really well established. Amazing. But at the time, it was very progressive because it was mm. 10 years ago. But um, I did that. And then I did the mindfulness-based stress reduction course. And then I did numerous weekend retreats and workshops and classes. And so I, this was all before you had kids? Yes interesting yeah yeah yeah. and then it was when I was pregnant on my first um in 2014 that I went on the teacher training the University of Massachusetts were coming to Ireland and offering the first leg of teacher training and I just oh wow this is phenomenal like they're coming here it was I think I don't know if it's the first or the second time I just felt like oh I I, I need to do this and there's always kind of this you know oh I might eventually like to teach it but my real draw to it was kind of for my, to develop my own practice. And it was phenomenal. It was very much um, a coming home to self. Like it wow. was, the personal aspect of it was huge. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how I discovered it. And then kind of how I got into teaching it. It was, I, I've been at home with the children um, the last five years. And 
I had been writing kind of primary school textbooks. I always need, I find, something for me. Amazing. It's not just being mum. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, I need a little project. Yeah, exactly. Um, that carves out my time. And um, one of them was finishing up, and my second was two. And I was, it was in December. And I was thinking, oh, I'd love to set up an Instagram account. I'd love to start into this. And I was thinking, you know, in January, we get hit with all those campaigns of, you know, you're not enough. You need to do this. How to be the better you. And I thought, oh, I'd love to spread that message of there's more right with you than wrong with you. You don't like you can improve and we can have uh, self-growth, but you can do it from a place of wholeness and see, you know, to look at what your intention is first behind it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, it, well, it got really interesting because then January hit and I got all excited and then fear just completely stopped <gasps> me and I just left it. I can always like, who am I? I'm not good enough. Imposter syndrome. I'm not going to do this and completely just parked it. Mm -hmm. And um, later that year, I discovered we were pregnant on our third baby, George. And unfortunately, a couple of weeks early on in pregnancy, we lost George. Yeah. And I, it was, was one of the darkest times. And I'd, you know, journeyed through, we've, I've had different challenges in life, but it absolutely tore me apart. Mm. And, um, I remember just having this realization as I kind of started to step out of the darkness that life is so short. I just thought like, it's just so precious. And it really hit me, you know, you're, you're living your life in fear. Yes. And I remember I, I, I made this promise to myself and to George, I thought I'm not going to let your little life be in vain. I want to, you know, even though it was short, it's going to be so, the impact it has is going to be huge. Mm -hmm. And you're making I, me tear up here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the back myself. <laughs> and uh, I thought that what I'm going to do is when I feel physically, emotionally, and mentally better, I am going to stop living in that place of fear. And I'm going to actually go and do this, this thing that I keep being called to do. And it's so out of my comfort zone. It's so not what I ever thought I'd do. But, and I, and I did, did then that following December, I set up my Instagram account and did my first um, wow. thing. And, what, um, yeah. Some, I, I, I resonate with you because obviously from my loss, but like sometimes yeah. these losses and these heartbreaks literally knock you on the head sideways and remind you of that preciousness and yeah. the gratitude and the present moment and, and to just live life like, do what you want to do yeah. yeah um even though you have to get there by really experiencing something awful yeah I mean it's unfortunate that sometimes we have to experience something awful to get us to that place yeah. um and that's I'm sure you probably feel the same but that's why I do what I do is because I don't want other people to have to suffer and hit rock bottom mm -hmm. in order to decide to do something in their lives that will improve their lives and I'm sure you're exactly the same you, you've seen it and felt felt it and if if your little messages or your posts can inspire somebody to think that differently how amazing is that yeah and that word suffering that's what I often um think like we have so much additional suffering in our life that we don't need I think from just living in our heads and just how society is like there is yeah. an element of it that's inevitable like it's being human but then we layer it again and that's the big thing for mindfulness for me it's learning to pull that that layer that second layer of suffering that we don't need back um, and how do we do yeah. that <laughs> uh, for me I know like a big one is um say around expectations like I know, like particularly around like say even motherhood, like we have all these expectations of how we think we should be, how motherhood should be, how our relationship should be, how our work should be, how our children should be. Like everything is layered with expectation. I always find it like around Christmas, you know, this mm -hmm. or or you know, when um like even really simply when you've organized the night away together and you've spent the fortune on the nice hotel and you've booked like with your partner and you've booked um someone to come and mind the kids and there's all this pressure 
because we have these 24 golden hours now. <laughs> to enjoy and it has every to be second. amazing. And you're layering with, with this really heavy layer of just expectation and how you want something to be. And generally, oh, well, I find that it's usually when we have the biggest bust up and fight. <laughs> and you're kind of like, no. But um, we do it with so much in our life, like even, um, I think, motherhood and you know, we're, we're comparing ourselves to others and then we have this expectation as to how we think we should be. Um, it's judgment, isn't it? Yeah, if we can just kind of, I find that taking a breath, that pausing is what kind of stops me tearing down the rabbit hole of that thought and kind of to go, oh, hold on. Like, and, and, and that kind of, I guess, um, acceptance kind of our awareness of the present moment and kind of going, Oh, here I am labeling this as being really fantastic or really horrendous, which is it's generally, you know, a negative label we're putting on it. But if we can just take the label away and go, look, this is how it is right now, but it's a season, you know, or, or whatever's going on, this is going to ever flow and change. It just takes that second layer of suffering away and we're suddenly not kind of coming up against whatever it is, resistance. We're just yes. al- and allowing it. It's releasing a bit of control, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really nice. And so obviously mindfulness and mums, yeah. you know, um, we probably need it more than ever because like you say that, the judgment, the expectation, the tiredness, the patience that is tested, um, all of the things that come obviously the highs as well but the lows too how do mums how do you advise mums to incorporate mindfulness into their lives what i i'd say is kind of like start small and kind of to look at it as in as i was saying there is the formal which is your meditation and then there's the informal which is kind of weaving it into your day and if you start with the formal and meditating i would just be like look carve out 10 minutes for yourself um pick a time of the day that's you're setting yourself up for success so you know we often think oh the morning is a great time to do it the morning can be the worst time as a mother you know it's not going to happen so again get that ideal out of your head or that expectation and instead maybe it's doing it in the car park before work I'm thinking this now is probably very pre-covid <laughs> while working from home but even you know if it's arriving to the school five minutes early to pick up um a child and just oh that's clever putting you know your phones in you can do it on public transport again like you can really do it anywhere i do an awful lot at the moment my youngest is a year and a half and when i put her down to sleep i've liked because she's the youngest give her a little snuggle but i lie down there and i'll actually meditate and i find that even is just changing my energy and she goes out like a light but it's a creative way of you know, because it's really hard to, you can't create more time. We're all completely, our time's completely pulled. So yeah. if you can be creative as to how you, in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and I would, with meditation, yeah. is it guided or is it, like, what are you actually trying to do? I would be very much go with guided to begin with. It's, right. It's very, like, I think it's very hard to guide yourself initially. You really have to go and do, a class, you know, a course in meditation to, be able to to do that and that's something you need to practice with over time and even myself now I would turn and do guided meditations you know sometimes I'm quite tired there's other times I love to sit down and just see where my practice takes me myself right okay um, it depends and there's so much guided stuff out there isn't there there's heaps and heaps of it okay okay cool so that's the formal side of it yeah so then you kind of to get it to spill out into your day and to do the um kind of weaving it I find I love, you know, I think in the mornings we wake up and I know for myself, it's usually a tap on the shoulder or a wail, you know, a cry, but, scream, yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's you're, you're launching into your day straight off. So what I myself love to do is in the shower in the morning, I, and even if the kids are pottering in and out, like mm-hmm. it's usually like it's, there's nothing now, door closed. It's like, and it's generally five minutes. But just using the shower to become really present. So feeling your feet on the shower tray or the tiles, feeling the water, um, noticing the temperature, seeing what sensations are coming up in your body. Um, I'll often imagine there's a little hole at the top of my head and just a quick breath exercise, take breathing in through that hole and kind of the top of your crown, bringing it down to your torso and kind of directing it out through your thighs and your calves and soles of your feet and do that a number of times. And then even 
putting your hand in your heart and just asking yourself a really simple question like how am I today what do what do, and what do I love this what do I need from the day rather than wow. what does the day require from me wow. and just tapping into yourself and setting a little intention and sometimes for me it's just like may I be present or may I just go easy on myself and like that even may I it's just a gentle invitation it's not even because sometimes a, I think a demand yeah, yeah and they can kind of you can go in with affirmations and they can sometimes I'm not to say that they don't work around things but they can be a bit oh it feels forced just gently because I think that's a big thing with mindfulness it's all about self-compassion and really stepping in with a really gentle way but that sets an intention for your day and then I would say it's all then kind of further weaving it is kind of creating little pauses or punctuating your day just because again I think okay we can do that and we can set an intention and then we take off with get the kids <laughs> 50 to miles nursery, an hour. Yeah. yeah yeah and I got to answer those emails and I got to go to work and I got to ah be juggle all the balls and roles and responsibilities that we take on so I find picking either like a chore kind of something that you do regularly during the day so at the moment a big one I do is like changing Maisie's nappy it's like how many times I'm going to do that that's just my reminder to just oh you know notice where there's tension in your body notice have I been picking up speed I'm so caught up in my head I'm so far into the future because I'm thinking about dinner and it doesn't even have to be like holidays or yeah yeah it's just what's coming next or what else do I have to do or you know to-do list yeah because then I suppose it's like taking a break from the thinking of the next thing and the the to-do list isn't it because we just you're so conditioned to spend our day actively doing everything and then berating yourself that you didn't get to do certain things and preparing for the next day of things to do yeah, and then berating yourself that you didn't slow down and weren't more present like I just think it's it's just like all these ideas we have in our head yeah and we're never we've never been taught like it's never even no. shown us in school or no you know it's only now I think this generation that we're really waking up to oh this this way of living isn't working for us like we're, we're kind of suffocating ourselves I think with it absolutely and I do feel that the the feminine energy is rising to get that balance more now. And especially, I think, maybe from with being home. So what have you noticed with the, the COVID experience? Because I think, obviously, there was an initial, from what I could see and feel personally, complete shock and terror and um, sadness and grief and, and worry and all these kind of things. But then after a while, we kind of, you know, got to a different place with it. Um what were you seeing from the people that you work with and, and sensing from the wider world? How have people been coping? I think I mean, the big thing that's kind of struck me is it's really impacted, I think, all of us, our mental health. Like, I think so much of, like, in the immediate days, obviously, there was high anxiety, you know, around where was this going and what was happening? And we were quite fearful, you know, which is natural. That's a... a a coping mechanism that's how our minds operate they're scanning they're looking for danger they're trying to keep us protected but then I think as we went into it like we were kind of being stripped of our identities like you know you were no longer going out to work you were no longer um you know able to go and get your hair done get the nails done all the things that we hang our identity and who we feel we are on yeah and then kind of on top of that our social connections like we had zoom and all of that but most of us were at home in our houses with just the people we lived with and you went for your 2k walk every day and that was it yeah and you like you did connect with family over zoom and technology like is fantastic but to me it's not the same like to see somebody in the flesh and to feel their energy or to even just be able to give somebody a hug oh gosh yeah it's like I, I think it really like those like living in the fear our identity and kind of everything that we knew was being stripped from us and then not having that really close connection I think I found kind of being at home like I know myself my head was not always in a good place like I really had to watch my thoughts yes had to watch the stories that I was telling myself the narratives that were were going on and and kind of even how I was viewing what my reality was you know like and I heard many people say this like you could get into the oh and she didn't get in touch or you know 
whole load of things. So I think, um, yeah, and I, I, I also think as well, it's, it's ongoing. Like, uh, I think it depends on your circumstances and where you're living. Like I know in Dublin, we've obviously had, we have a lot more at our fingertips now of going back to what we call our normal way of living even though I don't agree with that word normal <laughs> um but the, the old way should I say um than perhaps down the country you know what I mean like mm. where there's say pubs are closed and people maybe who that's their social connection isolated yeah. yeah um and I think we don't know where this year is kind of going to take us but I definitely think mental health has been the big thing that's come to the fore and I think it's going to be something that we're maybe only seen a glimmer of how this has impacted us yeah. at the moment. I think it's further down the line that we'll see just how much it has. Yes, and I suppose now is the time for people. I, I certainly have found that people are searching for tools that they can use themselves, right? So they uh, either connecting with somebody through um, Zoom or whatever for one-to-one support or using social media to, to find information that they can just use themselves and, and tools like mindfulness and tapping are just perfect for this time when you can't physically go to see somebody. Um, and even getting to doctor is difficult. And, um, you know, I th- I really think it's good. And just going back to something that you mentioned before, I forget it, the stripping of the identity. And I actually think there's a quite a positive thing about that because there's a, a return to simplicity uh, return to maybe who we are at an original level, you know, kind of a, a soul level or a, a giving, there was, there's an opportunity to connect with who we really are. Do we really want to go back to doing X, Y, Z? Do I really want to go back to rugby every Saturday morning at nine o'clock? No, actually, I've loved having a Saturday morning, making pancakes and chilling out, you know, mm. um, opportunity to say no, I felt really excited by like this ability to reassess what we wanted what did you think yeah no I definitely I, I found like it was a mix I really missed certain personal like social connections with really close people yeah but I equally loved the slower pace I loved and I, I think there's an element of um well, as women I don't even think you have to be a mother like we just take on so much and we take on so many roles and we juggle so much and I know I generally just feel squeezed and stretched and trying to you know have it all lined up and all balanced and suddenly as you said there was well we don't have to go for a be at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning and I quite liked it and I even found when I think it was the two, I'm trying to remember which phase was the, when we could go beyond 2K or when people started going back out in the roads more. And I can remember feeling a, oh, I don't want to go back to that house. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could feel that sense of kind of upset. This inside. bubble is quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of this the other day that like our lives are supposed to be easier. Like if you look at technology, um, I was thinking about it as a mum, like I can do my online grocery shopping. If I'm tired on a Friday, we can have food on the table, dinner, like just yeah. use the Uber app, it's there. Yeah. Um, it's, you can do your online banking. Like I was there going, I can, if I want to learn something, I can do a course. Now I can give a course online, yeah. in, like from yeah. the comfort of your own home. That would make, give us the impression that our lives should They're be so easier. Right. And I was like, if anything, we've never been as tired or as burnt out as... So why like, is that? For me, I, I love Russell Brand. I find yes, really thought-provoking. And uh, I came across a quote. Um, I was preparing a retreat, kind of half-day retreat I was doing. And it's all, about, it's all around this, pressing pause in 2020, looking at lockdown, kind of offering yourself compassion as to what was hard around it but then equally looking at what was the positive and taking it with you. And he kind of went along the lines of kind of like society is collapsing and kind of what we know as things are is beginning to fall apart and that people are starting to recognize like the reason that they're kind of mentally ill or which is probably quite a a strong term 
But I think mm. we can all say, no, I've had mental sick days, you know, because I think maybe yeah. that's what the people can resonate. Maybe it's more, more mental unease. It'd yes. be a softer term. Yeah. 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 Um, but you're saying the reason is, is that like that our whole systems, everything is not designed to, to nurture like our spirit or who we are. And um, I was like, that's so true. Like it just. We yeah. So... And this lockdown gave us a chance to do to connect with ourselves again, mind, body, spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think we constantly as well have the, the messages coming at us, like telling us we're like, it's impossible to not think that, you know. Yeah. We, we totally. kind of pin success on like, oh, the, the, the new house or the new car or the best holiday or. Yeah. And like, what does that career. mean now in yeah. COVID times? Yeah, like, yeah. I can't drive anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes, ha- having a bigger house is h- handy if we're there all the time. Uh, but we can't go on holidays. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it, it, it is a, an opportunity to reassess, isn't it? Yeah. No, it yeah. is big time. Amazing. Um, and absolutely. so, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would be the advice that you would give someone now, you know, having, having spent a couple of months feeling very anxious, yeah. very fearful, and and getting re-triggered continually. You know, the news is really, you know, yeah. shocking. I will be very much, it's figuring out whatever your kind of self-care toolbox is. And it can be anything. It can be if it's journaling, tapping, meditation, yoga, getting out in nature, um, whatever it is that works for you. And, and that can change as well. I think it's really good to be aware that can change for different, at different times in your life. But just keep filling that because, and I don't mean to be adding to the media of like doom and gloom, but we don't know where this is taking us and we don't know how long it's going to be. And exactly. it's just being realistic. Like I keep thinking it's a long time before a vaccine is going to be rolled out and then rolled out en masse. So this is life for a period of time. And yeah. we, I think as well, particularly heading into kind of the darker winter months, I know the the fine good weather really lifted my spirits, oh, my yes. energy. Um, yeah. But I know dark evenings, weather being cold and wet, definitely. Maybe not being able to get out with the kids as much to get that fresh yeah. air, that 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 shift of energy that I certainly used yeah. nature for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing I would also say is around the media is to watch your media consumption because I know good. at the very start of COVID, I really found myself one day I was sitting down and like, uh, truthfully, I rarely watch the news. Like mm. my husband will joke with me going, do you know Brexit is going on? Like I really <laughs> live in a bubble. Oh, but me I too. find myself sitting down and I was flicking. What's, what's the next news channel? And it was literally just, I think the schools had locked, had closed here and we were looking at Spain and Italy and seeing how it was all unfolding there. But I could see myself just like caught up in, you know, I could have sat there for the entire day clicking yeah. through the channels and I was yeah. like this is not or reaching to first thing in the morning to see your phone and what was the headline or the yeah totally um so and I think it was um Sean Anker and I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly Ariana Huffington oh yes Huffington Huffington yes. Post yeah uh they she did a um the two of them did research and they found that even just three minutes of negative news in the morning can impact your emotional trajectory for the day so that's just three minutes and it's not like i'm thinking what about like it's not never just three minutes and the impact of having had it for six months already you know oh my gosh um so i know for me what i do is i tend to just say once a day and i like to do it in the evening because i feel I, you're getting kind of an overview of the day in its entirety and yet if anything triggers you you still have time before you're going to bed where you can go look I'm going to just binge watch Netflix and watch something yes or I'm going to go for a walk again yeah or I'm going to go have a bath or whatever it is that you need yeah Um, it's such a good point and then for somebody who's potentially following people on Instagram that are triggering them might Mm. be worth unfollowing certain people or news channels or magazines or things or anything that does promote that um fear response that flight flight freeze it's probably best i I even notification started popping up on my phone from 
was the journal or it was from newspapers and I was like have you ever signed up for these I was getting coronavirus like oh, updates heavy, at the very at the beginning and I was like how is this happening and I was like get them off because you could feel yourself immediately oh, going what yeah. what look you know so it, it it there's definitely a choice that we have there and I think yeah it's even so um, understanding that we do have a compulsion like it's it's part of our wiring to I scan think it's like and look we want to know what's happening yeah exactly yeah. that's it that's it yeah yeah so it's being aware and being able to go no no that actually doesn't serve me well I'm going to put boundaries around it as such. Well, yes you know? it feels like you have to be quite strong to do that but I suppose it's baby steps too if, if if you know that something is upsetting you and upsetting you quickly then it's probably best to stop doing that one thing even if it you know even if there's lots of things you need to do but you could do the kind of one thing first couldn't you yeah 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 exactly. amazing and then um what do you say this is controversial what do you say to the mum who says I haven't got time I haven't got time ah. <laughs> I haven't got time in my life I've, well, I have five kids yeah. where's my time <laughs> okay what I would say is there's a couple of things first of all um again anyone who follows me on Instagram knows I love quotes and uh, <laughs> there's one uh on and it's meditation is nothing more than taking a mental shower and what I would say is you would not take a shower every day and the same goes for mentally like if you look at our thoughts we're having between 50 to 60,000 to 80,000 a day. Like I think if you go with the oh lower number, it's like 2,000 an hour. So you Whoa. need to, yeah, it's like, it's just like, give me a break. Thinking, like, actually, no, my head is like that. But it's, it's it, taking time to meditate is literally pausing and tuning into those and becoming aware of them and just, you know, giving your your head a mental break from the that's just the cancers that are going on in there all day in their little treadmill um the other thing i'd kind of say is if you had an extra half hour we'd fill it with something like it's just how we are that is so true and you'd fill it with laundry or to-do list and so we'd put ourselves to the bottom of that list wouldn't we yeah so it's really prioritization of self yeah And, and setting kind of that intention of and knowing this actually is good for me. This is something that I, I kind of require. Um, yes. And make it, um, we use the term a lot, like non-negotiable. Yes. I love that word. Yeah. 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 It's so like, I have to, mommy has to have this. Yeah. Or mommy's not going to be good for him today. And I also find it's the, you know, meditation, like so often people say, it's not for me. Like I sat down and I was just so, you know, my mind raced and there's this kind of misconception that I sit down to meditate and I should be relaxed and zen afterwards. And it's yes. like, no, that's sometimes a really nice byproduct, but it's not actually the intention we sit down with. If right. you go back to kind of that explanation I gave at the beginning, it's about yeah. sitting with whatever is here right now. And I know there's been times when I would get quite anxious, like before birth of any of my kids and in my head I can tell I, I, I know I'm a bit anxious but I think I'm doing okay because I'm nesting and I'm organizing and I'm doing all these things to keep myself busy but when I would sit and meditate oh my god it was the most painful thing my legs would be agitated I would just have such discomfort in my body and I would want to literally get off the bed and just leave the body scan and not do it. And, so, and sometimes I did that, you know, yeah. of, actually this discomfort is too much, but wow, you know, our minds will tell us that we're okay. But when you can, when you establish a practice and kind of get into meditating, little whispers or little bits of wisdom will bubble to the surface. Yes. Your mind doesn't naturally kind of, have the time to hear it's so busy doing its own thing yeah Yeah, so um you also mentioned at the beginning about the self critic or the the doubtful voice and I work with a lot of people who have a really very loud critical voices and some people they can't they can't read a page of a book without you know it literally jutting in every five seconds um how how does mindfulness benefit the a the mind but also the body so what are the benefits of, of doing this practice in terms of like with your inner critics or yeah of? like does it does it help to silence it i think for me i don't like because 
I would have that inner critic. And um, like, I, I often think I would never have seen myself doing this work, coming on a podcast, um, <laughs> hosting workshops. Um, like I remember organizing my first one and wanting to get up and run and yeah. like literally get out of there. So I can, I guess what I'm trying to say is I can really identify with it. I've, I've been there yeah. and that idea of silencing it I don't think you ever silence your inner critic. I think you learn to befriend it and kind of that's the one thing I find with mindfulness. It's really opened my eyes to kind of this common humanity piece where it, this is part of our humanness. Yes. And, and it's common. That's kind of the, the term common humanity. Okay. We, we, we all have it. So that's the one thing mindfulness has really taught me. Look, everyone has it to various different degrees and sometimes it's louder in our lives yes. than others. Depending yes. on where we're at and what we've experienced and what's going on for us. Um, the other huge thing I find with mindfulness is just kind of bringing that awareness to it. Like I kind of mentioned before around thoughts, I find I can be in my head and stories and thoughts can like, we can often have this idea of, Oh, you've, you, you've been practicing mindfulness for 10 years. Like you haven't nailed, you must live a very Zen life. Like, <laughs> no, my head goes like 90 some days, depending on where I'm at. But I can catch it and I can come to the breath and, and it bring you mean, back to zero. Yeah. And it doesn't even mean you have to get rid of it. It's mm. just creating a space between me and the thoughts or that inner critic and that I'm not racing down the rabbit hole of the story that it's telling me and kind of just getting a little bit curious. And your post actually on Instagram, was it yesterday morning, was basically you're not your thoughts. So yes, that is that that thing where you're observing the thought, knowing that you're, that's not, that's not the real you. Yeah. And I our love minds that. will tell us like, you know, oh, but she looked at you that way, or, you know, you felt a particular way. So, you know, you felt inferior, so you're not good enough. And the thought, and, and then it's coupled with the emotion and it just gets heightened and you believe it more and more and more and it will gather your mind will gather because I think our minds think think it's protecting us you know yes um I won't let you kind of step out into that zone of where you might get judged or whatever it is that's coming up for you with the inner critic yeah, yeah. so I'll gather more facts uh, even though they're not facts um and build the argument that, yeah and because I just need to protect you because do you know what don't step outside that comfort zone or don't put yourself out there or don't you know because yeah. we need to keep you protected but I think as well the other huge thing about mindfulness is self-compassion like that's I think one of the greatest learnings like I think I was my own worst enemy and I would have treated everybody with such immense kindness but never myself I had completely different ideals like of how I should be but mindfulness really has taught me to be my own best friend and to just change how you speak to yourself so sometimes the inner critic comes but it's learning to just go oh look here you know here they are again like just almost if you um Eckhart Tolle talks about it as the pain body isn't it so it's like um treating it like almost a separate identity where you can acknowledge it and challenge it and say do you know what I've had enough of you now thanks yeah and I'm I'm over here now and I'm gonna do it this way thanks yeah. a lot yeah. so like almost just catching it obviously first and then saying well you know no actually I'm not gonna listen to you yeah I know that Rick Hansen he's a mindfulness teacher and uh, he um has suggested like give them a, a character and he was like you yeah can make a fictional character or you could pick somebody who you know obviously not no one now who triggers you as such but i Batman has come into my head for some reason <laughs> Batman. yeah that doesn't, that's, that, i just heard the like you know the voice <laughs> that's funny it's like what well, oh there you go yeah <laughs> but like you give them a like then you're all of a sudden like you can play the music when you hear the you yeah know, you hear it going yeah. up da, 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 da. <laughs> but it's like have a bit of fun with it because sometimes i think it's like oh we take ourselves too seriously oh that's so and right I get caught up then and, and now I'm the inner critic and now I have to get rid of the inner critic and I need to fix my inner critic instead of like look it's here it's part of my wiring let's just do this together yeah. yeah yeah and like I've certainly found on my journey um I was extremely self-critical when I was a kid oh my gosh so I, I I went through all the bullying I was in therapy by the age of seven and um 
I really struggled. And it's only since doing the tapping, actually, that I can go a whole day and not have a negative thought in my head on a good, on most days. And I, that is, that is light years apart from where I was. Um, but like you say, that could, you know, that could come back in ways, depending on what's going on, depending on what happens. But I suppose I maybe have a tool now that I can use to, to help me. And that's it. I suppose as you face challenges, as your resilience is tested, you get out that toolbox and you use and literally do the work, like use your tools to, to get you through it. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, no, that's, that's completely it. And even that word resilience, it actually brings me back to you were saying what advice would I give people now? I think that's the big mm. thing as well is resilience. And I know when I've gone through anything difficult, I've all, you know, I've always had that period afterwards where you have time to nurture yourself and to take stock and just to take a breather. And it's the one thing that struck me about this pandemic and everything is we aren't actually getting kind of the breather. Like in some way we get a little bit of in terms of maybe we've got a bit more used to it or, you know, elements of phases of lockdown lift, but we're still navigating it and going through it. Mm. So I think it's to be really aware of that, that, you know, we need to stay resilient and to be resilient you need to have your tools and yes. be aware and just and, and and kind of check in with yourself every you know regularly and just see what do I need like what do I need right now to just care and look after me so that I can keep going amazing I love that so self-compassion pausing and using the breath maybe that morning like check in in the shower and yeah. checking at your sensing how you're good and setting an intention for the day and just then taking a, f a few pauses throughout the day and using your toolbox when shit hits the pan basically yeah. <laughs> um, to build your and building your resilience so that is amazing advice particularly for now after us going through a really difficult few months and we don't know like you say what's ahead um so thank you. Thank you so much for that wonderful advice. And I really hope that that helps people that are listening. And if they need to find any more information about mindfulness, they can check out your Instagram page. That's delving within D L V I N G underscore within. That's right. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, or delving within.com to maybe join you on one of your courses or silent retreats. Oh my God. I wish I could get the plane over just to I know. on your silent <laughs> retreat. I need, I crave. I've never ever done it and I think I would find it really really challenging because I am a chatterbox um as everyone can probably tell who are listening to this podcast <laughs> so uh yeah the next time I can actually get on a plane and I'm confident I don't have to quarantine or infect anyone when I come home then I will be joining you we will have you most definitely. We'll probably incorporate some tapping as well. Oh, we'll have to have a little bit. You can. I think. I think they both go lovely hand in hand. I have to say, I do love a good meditation session to get you know see what's going on, and then I use a little bit of tapping. I find it good. A really good release. Yeah. I Excellent. Love it. Well, thank you so much again, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. Okay. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast, tell all your friends, and it would be amazing if you could please leave me a review too. To find out more about me, visit tappingformums.com or follow me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Tobin. If you'd like to do some tapping with me for free, check out my YouTube channel. Just search Tapping for Mums. For now, I wish you peace, joy and abundance on your journey.